1984, George Orwell, Big Brother is watching you. He was talking about a totalitarian state. I'm talking about physician profiling. You're listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Bill Rutenberg, your host, and with me today is Dr. Dale McGee. Dr. McGee is the president of the Massachusetts Medical Society and past chair of the Society's Committee on the Quality of Medical Practice. Dr. McGee is an assistant professor of clinical obstetrics and gynecology at the University of Massachusetts Medical School and holds a master's degree in health policy and quality measurement from Dartmouth's Center for Health Policy. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable, Dr. McGee. Thanks very much for joining us. And thank you for inviting me. Today, I'd like to discuss with you what it's like to be profiled. Have you ever been profiled? Of course. And how'd you do? Reasonably well sometimes, although there are other times when I get a report back and it leaves me scratching my head. What got you really mad about the last profile you got? (laughs) Well, I think that there was one instance in which two plans using the same data gave me different ratings, one a very good rating and another a poor rating. Were you able to investigate that and find out how they came to those conclusions? That was a big part of my problem was that I, over months with repeated requests for information, I had difficulty getting the information that I needed. When I finally did, there was not a clear explanation as to why the difference occurred. So they actually shared the data with you? They shared it at a very high level. And I think that part of the problem with many of the ratings is that they may occur using information that we haven't seen before. And if the information can't be identified down to the patient level, then we can't be sure that the patients who they are using to rate us are even ours to begin with, or whether the tests that they feel should have been ordered were in fact done. So that there is always going to be the issue as to whether it's accurate or not, and that is a big problem. Theoretically, because this probably has not yet come to the forefront, you know, I'm going to get into my own profile in a minute, but I'm a little guy in the suburbs, and, you know, my fear is if I protested too loudly, they might say, you know what? Don't be part of our network. Say they excluded me or threatened to exclude me, and I was correct in my complaints about their report. If this happened in Massachusetts and you could look at all the data, would the Massachusetts Medical Society go to court to defend me so that they would not be allowed to exclude me from their network? We're doing everything that we can at this time to negotiate directly with the plans. We would like to find solutions to these problems before they become legal issues. We also have been working with the state government to try to report what we feel are unfair practices by plans or by large employers. I understand in Massachusetts, the Group Insurance Commission is tiering physicians, not tiering like we're crying tiering, but ranking. Blue Cross Blue Shield said, we're not accepting this. The measures aren't accurate. Has Blue Cross come forth with anything that satisfies you as being better? Right now, they simply chose not to bid on the uh, Group Insurance Commission's contract because they felt that the contract required insurers to collect information and use it for tiering physicians in a manner that would lead to unfair rating of physicians, that the numbers that they would end up using to profile physicians may be very low, that the physicians didn't have access to the information in advance to try to correct it. And in some instances, there may not be enough legitimate measures available to actually profile people in particular specialties. 
you have your degree in this field. If you were going to make a proposal to be at an insurance company, the federal government, or even to the membership of the medical society and say, here's my plan, here are the bullet points that I think need to be included in a reasonable profiling plan, could you give us some thoughts on that, what you would recommend, what you would list? Sure. I think that, first of all, that physicians practicing medicine have to have direct access to all of the data that is relevant for the care of their patients. If information can't be used to improve the care of their patients, then it shouldn't be used to rate the physicians. If it's not accurate enough, if it's not timely enough, if there isn't the ability for physicians to make the critical corrections that are necessary, then it shouldn't be used for profiling. So I believe that those who are involved in healthcare need to be able to share information and that this information can be used to send out reminders to identify patients who have needs, but also to correct errors in the information that exists in this data set, to say that a patient is not a patient of a particular physician, that that is wrong, or doesn't have a particular disease, or already had the test that was identified as being needed, so that these critical kind of improvements need to take place, and everyone involved in the care needs to find a way to improve care. Then the reports can be a byproduct of this. The reports can really measure how well people collect information, how well they work together and not simply exist out in a parallel universe. Well, I just received my Blue Cross Blue Shield profile, and after looking at it, I felt I was kind of Roger clemens <laughs> except no one invited me to discuss this on 60 Minutes. But it says right on top, if your profile includes quality indicator results, clinical quality indicator abstracts, and patient-specific reports can be accessed on the secure HIPAA Complaint HBI Online website, which they give me with a username and password, and guess what? I went to the website, and there's no way to access it. Hmm. The other thing I sort of find funny is out of administrative efficiency, I got 10 out of 10. That's because we submit electronically. You know, isn't that really important? And, of course, when we do that, don't we really just give them more food for fodder because they have now all this great claims data that they can use to ding us again? On cost efficiency, though, and this is really to what you were talking, I received only 15 out of 30 And when I looked at it, one of the things was treatment of anal fissures where I was thousands of dollars more than somebody else. And I don't treat anal fissures. Right. (laughs) You know, the surgeon may have, and they picked up my name. Another one was hemolytic disease of the newborn. And I'm thinking, the hospital's sending the bill. I'm just getting my $45 a day for the office visit, so don't look at me. But what do I do? I mean, the the letter that came with this didn't even have the name of a person to contact. Mm -hmm. If I brought this to the medical society, say this would happen in Massachusetts, Are there things that the medical society could do to help its membership? We definitely do. I mean, we will contact the plans. We will try to get answers for the physician. And we will use this as an example as to why this particular kind of reporting or profiling is not working well. We certainly will represent the best interests of our our members in that way. But I think above and beyond that is the fact that you are pointing out the fact that simply mechanically using claims data is just flawed to begin with and that we really need the ability to identify patients and to use this electronic information. But because everyone knows that errors occur with some regularity, we can't depend upon this information without some smart eyes looking at it in advance and trying to uh, correct it. And even if the data is absolutely correct, the fact of the matter is, is even the best guidelines have exceptions. There are the patients who don't need the test or who may need a few more tests because of their particular circumstances. And the physician needs the ability to be able to make those corrections as well. 
and correct the information. And the information, as I say, needs to be a byproduct of the care process rather than something that's done independent of it. I'd like to break in to just welcome those who are joining us at the Clinician's Roundtable. Stay with ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Bill Rutenberg. Speaking with me is Dr. Dale McGee, president of the Massachusetts Medical Society, and we're discussing what do you do when you've been profiled. So now I have my profile. Should I go to the Illinois Medical Society and say, help me, guys? Well, I think something needs to be done. We can't leave the status quo here. I do believe that when physicians are exposed to these kind of reports, when these reports have repercussions, that some noise has to be made. And the problems you're coming up with are not unique to you. This isn't an unexpected outcome. But rather, these are the kind of things that are happening repeatedly all across the country. And I believe that the plans have to find ways to work better with the physicians so that we can all do a better job. What other mechanisms can you think of that a physician can tell his patients? Because they're going to make this data public. And the other question I would have is, if each program or each insurance company can come to a different result, put you in a different tier, who has the time to fight each and every one of these individual reports? Right. Well, that's where the medical society comes in, because I I do believe that representing problems that are common to practicing physicians is one of the most important things that a medical society can do. So I I would move it in that direction right off the bat and, and not ask you to fight these battles one at a time. In addition to that is the fact that as a physician, during medical school and even during your residency, you are not trained in this kind of reporting. And and so I am sure that when you get these report cards, they're speaking a different language. It's not something that you may understand, and so you may not even be able to find the errors where they occur. That, I think, is another issue that needs to be addressed. Uh, When you report on anything, it needs to be done in an understandable, sensible way that people can readily interpret. What about teaching this in medical schools? I think health policy should be taught in medical schools. I think quality measurement needs to be taught in medical schools. I do believe that the concept that each patient is so utterly unique that we cannot compare one to the other, we cannot compare our approach to one patient and another patient is not correct at this time. I believe that there is enough science behind what we do to be able to develop routines and to compare these to guidelines and to understand what we intended to happen versus what actually happened, and to find ways to improve the care that we deliver. So I think that these things need to be taught more. We need to learn more in the way of using databases and computers and reporting, because that's where improvement occurs. That, in every other industry, has led to the spectacular improvements in quality that we see in so many of the uh, other areas of our lives. I'm on a risk management committee as well at the hospital, and everything that I've learned with risk management, with quality improvement, with the Sentinel Events reporting... Everything is the blameless society, the just culture, move the curve, not punish the individual. And yet, isn't profiling punishing the individual rather than trying to improve the process through education? I have to agree with you there. And I think that part of what you're getting at is whether reporting should occur at the individual level or whether it should occur at a higher level. Correct. And I believe that as an individual practitioner who wants to improve the care that he delivers, that I would like to see all the information I can get on me so that I can understand it better, so I can try to improve it. And so at some levels, such as the personal level, the personal improvement level, I want to know how I'm doing. By the same token, I recognize the fact that if one were to try to compare me to someone else, that you would need to put in place risk adjusters that may not exist at this time, that you need to be much more certain about the information that you have. 
is crazy to run a report on a doctor with three patients and to say this is this doctor's results for this problem. By the same token, if I look at one patient and I look at the results for that patient and I know that that patient represents my average, that that's typically what I do, I can learn from that. And so I can try to, to figure out ways to do better what I do as a routine. But you really need to know which patient they're referring to. Exactly. The data that you get from plans needs to be actionable. So the mm-hmm, information mm-hmm. that an individual physician receives on their particular performance should be able to be drilled down to the individual patient level. Other than that, it's not actionable and you can't improve with it. I think this has been a great discussion. I'd like to thank Dr. Dale McGee, who's been my guest, and we've been discussing physician profiling. I'm Dr. Bill Rutenberg. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable. Stay with ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. We welcome your comments and questions. Please visit us at ReachMD.com and take advantage of our on-demand and podcast features, which allow you access to our entire program library. Thanks for listening. I wish you good day and good health.